How's it going, everybody? It is episode 104. That's right, episode 104 here on Hawaii Football Now. Jordan Henley, Hunter Hughes, back with you. As always, our guy Jonathan on the controls. Big thanks to Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, as always, coming through in the clutch for us, uh, sponsoring this episode. I don't know if you guys have heard, uh, it's game week. Uh, the game University week. of Hawaii football team is back on the field this Saturday. Uh, 1.30 p.m. Hawaii time, the kickoff in Nashville as they take on Vanderbilt. Uh, a redo, if you will, of last year's season opener in Hawaii. They return the favor uh, as they get their season started this year on the road. And we'll take on uh, the Commodores out of the SEC. Uh, we recorded this Wednesday, August 23rd. Set to release this tomorrow on the 24th. And then, of course, two days after that, it'll be kickoff uh the bows already made the trip flew out yesterday uh, a little later in the day and uh went direct on a charter to nashville uh so they were on the ground they're getting ready getting acclimated and uh i'm sure a lot of excitement for this group as they finally um get to hit the field right it has been a prolonged um off season if you will because of the the early start to spring practice. And so you kind of turn the page a little bit earlier than usual. And uh, as they've gone through summer and fall camp, they are here ready to go. Uh, so quick little opening drive here, Hunter. Uh, what's that like for these guys? When you finally, uh, when you can finally turn the page and it's like, hey, we're back at practice on Monday. And by the way, we, we actually have a game at the end of this week. It, I mean, it's it's a full-on coming alive situation, Jordan. Uh, the month-long fall camp is officially over, and uh, we're days away from getting to hit somebody, which uh, for a lot of our big boys, um, I'm telling you, they, they go to bed thinking about that every night. Um, just the opportunity to... Uh, lay someone else, our offensive line to uh, pancake somebody. That's literally what these guys live for. And um, on the, uh, you know, it, it's a chance to find out what we're made of um, and see if we can't uh, do something special. Um, that's the, the cool thing of every new season. Uh, it really doesn't matter what preseason polls, what, um, the Mountain West Media Day says about uh, your team. At the end of the day, you still have to go out there and play football. Um, and at the uh, the start of a season like this, it's kind of where you get to be a little kid again and dream really big dreams and get really excited for what's literally right around the corner. And uh, the season's upon us. And... Uh, um, in some ways, Jordan, it's uh, one of the best times of the entire year if you're a sports fan. And if you're an athlete, uh, like all the UH guys are, um, this is what they live for. So I, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, everybody's uh, everybody's full of optimism at this point, right? Um, uh, around the team. We've gotten some comments and, and appreciate you guys uh, dropping us a line uh, on YouTube or whatnot that uh, predict maybe a little bit lower than we had uh, in terms of win total. And, and I think that's fair, you know, for a team that went three to 10 last year, the, uh, the, uh, the wise guys have Hawaii is like a three and a half win total for this season. Uh, but it's a tremendous opportunity to go play in SEC territory on national TV uh, in a weekend slate that isn't very full, right? Uh, this is the week zero game. And so there's, or the 10 I forgot to count the exact total like roughly on Saturday so it's a very thin uh Saturday slate and uh, Hawaii will have a lot of eyeballs on it uh so it's a it's a great opportunity for this program uh that has rebranded the run and shoot very you know a lot of people and I think rightfully so have drawn a ton of parallels to 2018 um you know with uh with Rolo and that that squad in his third year and albeit this is coach Chang's second year but you know, coming off of a three-win season, uh, recommitting, if you will, to the run and shoot, starting the season on the road, week zero. Early on, it was Colorado State in the conference game that year, um, but a chance to a chance to go maybe, uh, 
maybe land an early impression, whether that's in a win or if that's playing well against this Commodore team. All right, we got a lot to break down. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. The two deep is out. We'll break that down for you. We'll get into a little bit of Vanderbilt talk as well uh, later on in the podcast, probably in the second half. But before we get there, we want to remind you that Hawaii Football Now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators, Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union and expanding to other areas of community need that impact financial health, including healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com. All right, game time here on episode 104. Uh, before we kind of get into the, the lineups, the nitty gritty here, uh, the guys that have emerged and earned spots out of camp, at least on paper, um, you know, what? what's maybe the biggest thing you'll be watching for, like your biggest question, uh, Hunter, going into, into this week zero, you know, opener for Hawaii? Uh, whoo. Man, that's a, that's a loaded question there, Jordan. We've got so I mean, you much. can have multiple. You can be looking at multiple things. Don't, we don't yeah. have to box you in or anything, but oh, just kind of curious, you, you know, because I, I know you, 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 like most of us, will will watch it, you know, from a certain lens, right? Uh, how right. you consume football games, especially as a guy who played quarterback. Um, but just, you know, kind of curious. What 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 do you think you'll be, um, you know, keening in on as this game gets underway? Oh, man, I... I can't help but think about the run and shoot first of all uh for, first and foremost are are we going to be able to get the ball out of our hands um get the ball to our receivers in space um are we going to as a receiver unit um run the routes in um in the right read fashion to what the defense is giving you because um, and again, I, I, I would hope that everyone that w- watches or, and listens to Hawaii football now uh, just elevates their football IQ a little bit whenever they are watching uh, Hawaii football. Um, every route can be like four different options for each of the four receivers, depending on what uh, coverage is being given them. So anytime this is a public service announcement to everyone out there that's uh, getting excited for Hawaii football if a ball goes somewhere and the receiver's nowhere in sight, it was probably probably a miscommunication. Don't be so quick to blame uh, Mr. Shager, number thirteen, and say that it was all his fault. It's a it's it's a beautiful kind of um, uh, concoction, cocktail recipe, whatever you want to call it. When the run and shoot is flowing at its best, it's a beautiful thing to watch. But it sometimes takes. Um, some reps at, in a game-like environment for it to really start clicking on all cylinders. So that's the first thing I'm looking for. Um, number two, we still have tight ends on our roster. Um, Rolo incorporated tight ends into the run and shoot. And so this is one of our first uh, true samples of what the Timmy Chang version of the run and shoot is going to look like. So, um, you know, I, it would be amazing if we go out there and score 50 points, Jordan. But, uh, you know, if you break down every one of our games from last season, if we can just average 28 points a game, one score a quarter, we'll be in fantastic shape, I think, this season. Um, and so I'm I'm wondering if guys like Grayson Allen and, uh, um, and others can help kind of round out that passing, um, that passing attack. And uh, hopefully we get in the end zone a ton. Yeah, I'm um I'm intrigued by a lot of the things that you talked about. Um how does this offense look? What's the timing look like early on, right? How how on the same page are they? Uh cuz it'll take growing pains. Like that's that's the nature of the offense. Uh and I love uh spoken like a true quarterback there by you. Um if it's a miscommunication, it it was probably on the receivers. Um <laughs> I'll, I'll go the other yeah. way. My I I'm I'm going to be really um curious to see how the defense looks early on um you know last year it, it was a weird game right away it was up early um it was scored 14 first, to 10 like drive. midway through yeah they looked great on the first drive right it was like yeah. wow here we go um it, it it got worse afterwards um it was 14 10 like midway through the second quarter it was 21 to 10 at halftime didn't look like it was necessarily going to be a blow in the next thing you know, right? Vandy scores 35 points in the second, uh, in the third quarter on their way to a 63-10 win. 
But for this defense, and we'll, we'll we'll break down the personnel here a bit, right? There are a ton of new faces, a ton of transfers, J- JC and Power 5 transfers, some of them that were here last year as well. But a, a lot of guys with a lot of experience, or at least college experience, right, collegiate experience, um, are they going to be better against the run? Uh, and I think we'll we'll find out early, right? This is a Vanderbilt team that, that likes to run the football. They're a little different uh, at quarterback than what we saw last year. And at running back as well, uh, and we'll get into that a, a little bit later. But that that's something that that I will be um, really, really focusing in on um, to see. And it's it's a little bit different test, right? You're going up against SEC offensive linemen. It's not necessarily what we're going to see week in and week out in the Mountain West. But I think you know, seeing how this defense looks, um, how does it look different than last year? You know, how do those linebackers play with with Logan Taylor, obviously being the guy now um, that that's that's uh, the, the offense. I think, you know, for us, obviously, that's we're, we're that's our that's our jam. But uh, I'm I'm early on. How does this defense look, especially against a big offensive front against a good running attack? Uh, how yeah. does that look? So that that's kind of where I'll be. Um, I'll be looking at early on um, in, in seeing, you know. Do they, does it look a little different? Is there a three-yard push every time? Are they going to be better against the run? Which they were as the season went on last year. Uh, but this will be a, a really good test right out of the gate off the plane uh, against a physical football team. Um, and and I think, you know, I think we've got the horses for it this year. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of um, unanswered questions on the defensive side of the football. You know, with – the um you know the additions of cam stone and uh verdell edwards kind of rounding out um that those db spots on the outside can we lock down uh the passing attack and um you know with that comes what sort of game plan is vandy going to try to uh to throw at us um i think if you're a power 5 sec school it almost would be I'd almost say foolish, Jordan, to put the ball in the air uh, when they ran it right down our throats last season. So um, with that comes our um, our ability to stop the run. And I think outside of, you know, some of our, our D line that's going to be asked uh, to play a very difficult game, it's uh, it's going to come down to our linebackers. Uh, to kind of fill some gaps, you know, I'm really excited that we have a healthy Isaiah Tufanga uh, coming back this season. Um, we have a full season of Logan Taylor waiting for us. Um, and, you know, a few others that I think are going to be huge in our ability to help stop the run here. Because you were on the sideline with me last season, Jordan. That offensive line was SEC big. So I'm, uh, I'm curious borderline worried how that's gonna look but hey we're playing football anything can happen yeah i mean it was big to the tune of 404 rushing yards last year that's that's what vanderbilt ran for um so you know there's room for improvement there um but that that that's gonna be my thing i think if if they can be better up front uh that'll go a long long way for this group um overall in in the season not just here against vanderbilt all right, let's uh, let's get into the two deep here, Hunter. How about that? Uh, we'll yeah. take a look. Um, you want to start on offense? You want to start on defense? The special let's teams. Stay on defense. Do... Let's stay on defense. We're kind stay of on defense. About... I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, and and so this group here, right? If you if you look through it, it, it kind of jumps out to you how many guys um, have come from different programs and bring a wealth of experience, various different levels. Um, but on the front end. Um, they listed as like a three, three, right. Three linemen, three linebackers, and then five defensive backs. Eh, it could be like a four, two, five, right. You've got those, those stand-up guys on the edge. Uh, the likes of Jonah Kahavai Welch um, listed as one of those linebackers. And then the defensive linemen uh, you've got def- at defensive end, you got Andrew Choi, uh, the Kaiser senior um, listed behind him is Tariq Jones as the number two guy at that position at the nose. You've got Kual Pehopa, the um, Kamehameha product, who is a Washington transfer. So there you go. You got a transfer there, right? A guy who's, who's played Power 5 football. Uh, and behind him, they they actually list two guys. They list Foisila 
who got a lot of action last year. And then Anthony Sungapoldotelli, the UNLV transfer. There's another guy who's um, who's coming in with experience elsewhere, the man out of Waimanalo. And then at the defensive tackle, you got John Tui Tupol, uh, 6'4", 290. We know all about him. And then Ezra Evaimalo behind him, uh, 6'2", 255, right? A little bit of a smaller size guy in that interior defensive line position. Um, I don't, I haven't gotten word, uh, and I don't, I don't know if you have either Hunter and I've kind of checked, um, whether or not, and we talked a little bit about this, whether John Tuitupo's waiver has been granted. Um, but I, I take this as a good sign. Uh, we'll try and find out and, and we'll, we'll know by Saturday, right. If he's, he's on the field or not. Um, <clears throat> but he, he is listed at the top of the depth chart. Um, and then, uh, we'll, we'll throw kind of that, 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 that edge guy in there as well. We mentioned Jonah Kahavai Welch. Enlisted uh, behind him is Wyndon Hole Hooley, who another guy, right? The Nebraska transfer, um, who projects to get a, a, quite a bit more playing time, I think, this season uh, than we yeah. saw last year in his first year with the University of Hawaii program. So we'll kind of pause it there. Uh, your thoughts uh, on that front for Hawaii? Yeah, uh, to kind of answer your question about John Tui Tupo, um, you know, I think as long as they're listed on the depth chart, they have a certainly a at least uh, a legal chance of playing, if you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, there's no NCAA rules being broken with like, hey, you brought this guy, he wasn't on the depth chart. But um, I think at different points uh, in the preseason, I think the coaching staff, mainly Coach Timmy Chang, looks for ways to maybe be sneaky or or, or ways to um, – have a competitive advantage um, and uh, keep it away from guys like us from talking about things too early. And um, we know Vandy's probably um, loyal listeners of Hawaii football now by now. So uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, how are you? Um, we're looking forward to kicking your butt this Saturday. Um, but uh, just some thoughts right there where they don't need to let everything quite out of the bag perhaps. Um, but uh, I would really hope and pray that he's ready to go. Um, unfortunately I haven't heard an official word, um, just yet if he's ready to go or not, but, um, kind of with a few of those other guys, it, it seems like we could be seeing, uh, a good little, um, rotation being incorporated on that D line, which I'm a fan of anytime that we can, uh, certainly on the offensive side of the football, we're looking for fresh legs anytime that we can get them. And I think on the defensive side, anybody wanting to go in there and uh, put a hat on another hat, I think uh, we're we're going to be asking them to do so. Um, Andrew Choi going to uh, need a big season from him, getting around the edge, um, and uh, you know that that nose tackle position. You know if um, uh, Sagapulatelli is not in there, um, if uh, Pehopa can kind of clog everything up, I think that would really help us um, help kind of uh, set the tone with um, kind of containing the run. Yeah, it, 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 I think, you know, they'll be a little more stout up front, um, but I, it's going to be a similar type of story where, look, there, there's not a single guy listed there over 300 pounds, right? Like they're going to be athletic. We know that, especially on the edges. Uh, they're going to have to be. Um, and they're going to be, they're going to be a little undersized there, right? You've got the likes of Peopo who's listed at 290, Tui Tupo's listed at 290, Foy Silo's listed at 290. Um, but Anthony Polotelli, 5'11", 265, Ezra Evite Malo, right? 6'2", 255, playing on the interior of a defensive line. And not very big, but they're really athletic. They're quick at the point of contact. Uh, how they hold up against the run is going to be, the big question and, and that's why in part i brought that up there any other thoughts on the on those front guys before we get the linebackers here yeah uh th that's a good call um just because someone is uh you know small on paper doesn't mean they're small on the field and maybe there's a good transition to um the linebacker crew uh logan taylor doesn't always pass the eye test for what you would like to see out of a middle linebacker but he sure he uh, certainly showed out for us last season. So I would love that same sort of spirit to um, kind of permeate into the D line for them to uh, play like warriors. We, we we need that from that front crew. Yeah, 
That's for sure. Uh, all right. The uh, the rest of the linebacker core, you talked about it. Isaiah Tufunga and Logan Taylor listed at the starters. Uh, Tufunga 6'1", 220. Taylor listed at 6'2", 215. Um, in the depth chart, they go three deep here at the uh, at the linebacker positions. Behind Tufunga, you got Noah Kemma uh, and Jemiah Otis, one of the freshmen out of Bishop Gorman, uh, who have made an early impression listed there. And then at the other linebacker position, Behind Logan Taylor, you've got Jalen Smith uh, and Nalu Emerson, the Kahuku product, in there as well. Um, those guys are going to be big. They're, they're going to be relied on to rack up a lot of tackles. Uh, and we saw that last season with Taylor and obviously with Tufanga coming off in the knee injury. Uh, there's some decent depth here, I think, with the likes of Kema and Otis and, and even Smith and Emerson. Uh, but what what's uh, what are your thoughts here as we uh, as we look at the linebacker group? Yeah, um, the, the other uh, the other one that is listed here is uh, Jonah Kavai Welch, um, certainly one of the other uh, senior leaders right alongside Logan Taylor. I think um, from a, a spiritual team leading standpoint, uh, we're going to lean on those guys uh, a great deal um, to kind of uh, lead our entire team. I, I think more is asked of the linebacker position from um, just a, a backbone of the team standpoint than probably anywhere else um, on the football field other than quarterback. So we need a big year from these guys. Um, I uh, I was impressed with their ability to fill gaps throughout fall camp. Um, again, difficult to say if that's a true tell of what we're going to get to see on Saturday because, hey, we're playing against our own guys. Um, but... Um, we we can tackle in space. Um, I really liked um, uh, the the stuff that I was seeing from uh, uh, Nalu Emerson throughout season. Uh, I'm really excited for for him. Anytime that we get a guy um, from Kahuku uh, Red Raider Nation um, here for the Bows, I think it bodes well for for everybody involved. And then uh, one person that um, we haven't really talked about um, coming off an, an injury is uh, Wyndon Houli. Um, I'm, I'm wanting a big year from him as well. We've, uh, kind of been, uh, forced to wait a little longer on what he's going to produce, uh, after returning home from Nebraska. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to see what 12 is going to do, um, rocking it for us. He's got all the physical tools. Um, you know, that's, that's the first thing that jumps out at you. Um, and, and he's, he's had a little bit of tough luck, uh, when it comes, when it's come to the, the injuries and, and hopefully he is raring to go because he's a dude who get after the quarterback, uh, can play in space, uh, curious to, to kind of see how he's deployed, um, when, when time comes, uh, for him to get on the field. All right. Uh, looking at the defensive backfields, uh, they go two corners, two safeties and a nickel, uh, here, the nickel is listed CJ Williams. Uh, the shafts of the college transfer, a uh, lot of transfers in the defensive backfield uh, as we go through this. And then listed behind him, Elijah Palmer, uh, another of the Bishop Gorman freshmen. Um, pretty impressive, uh, especially if he and uh, and or Jemai Otis are out there making plays early on. Uh, the two corners are listed as uh, Verdell Edwards. Right, he's been here a, a few years now, the Iowa State transfer. Mm -hmm. out of texas a lot of experience there the other the other corner is cam stone uh the wyoming transfer who is you know as big a transfer get as Hoy has gotten uh in a while uh and the two guys listed behind them caleb brown uh listed behind verdell edwards on one side and then jojo forrest uh on the other side listed behind cam stone right you remember jojo forrest and oregon state transfer has been here for a little while caleb brown juco product uh, so a lot of guys with collegiate experience before showing up at the University of Hawaii. And then the two safeties, uh, Peter Manuma, the sophomore, uh, listed at one safety. And then the other safety, Mickey Pay, right in his second year back at the University of Hawaii uh, after starting off in Washington. Another guy with Power 5 experience. And then the, uh, the two second-string safeties as listed here, Matangi Thompson, who started a bunch of games last year um, before, uh, you know, some injuries and whatnot uh, out of Punahou. And then Justin Sinclair, another guy. Um, who had a good junior college season last year. So there's another dude with collegiate experience before he comes. So a lot of experience there, maybe not in a Hawaii uniform uh, in the defensive backfield, but uh, what kind of stands out to you, Hunter? 
Um, without a doubt, Jordan, this is the strength of our defense. Um, that this affects everything else that we do outside of maybe Logan Taylor and uh, Isaiah Tufanga flying around the field, making tackles in space. Our success is going to be built off of our secondary. That's just the way that our defense is kind of structured. That That's where um, our best players on defense are at this moment, um, especially whenever you can get um, a first-team Mountain West transfer like Cam Stone transferring over from Wyoming, and we can plug and play him instantly. That is um, that that is probably the the biggest bright spot I'm looking at for our defense is what number zero is going to do for us um, this season. And then on the other side of the football with Vertel Edwards, um, you take a look at this guy. He's got prototypical NFL cornerback kind of written all over him. Just when you look at the fact that he's 6'2", 210, um, can fly around the field, incredibly athletic, and is kind of one of the um, up-and-coming leaders of that defense, too. I've been impressed with his ability to just kind of be a little bit more vocal and push that group forward a little bit. So um, it's led with those two guys. And then what what, what can we say more about guys like uh, Peter Manuma? And Mekki Pei, Peter Monoma, you know, coming out of nowhere last season as a as a freshman and making an impact when, uh, you know, there were injuries and we needed him in a big way. There, that one game, he had two interceptions in the same in the same game, and uh, you know the the drama with you know him unfortunately losing a family member last season as well, and us kind of rallying around him. He, I. I Said it last year, I say it again this year. I think he's gonna um, continue to be one of those mainstays for us on defense and turning into one of those potentially classic Hawaii safeties that uh, we've come to love over the years. I, I think we're gonna have another big year from him. And, um, you know, I'm excited for some other guys that we uh, haven't really heard of much, like CJ Williams and then Elijah Palmer kind of rounding out that Bishop Gorman uh, pipeline that coach Chris Brown has uh, been able to establish so successfully. So a lot to be excited for here, but um, unlike maybe an, a classic SEC team where they're led from the trenches and then outward, we're kind of led from the perimeter of the defense going inward. So I think the success of this crew right here um, are our DBs in secondary will affect the entirety of our defense. Yeah, I think they'll they'll be the tone setters. I agree with you. Um, they'll need to be good, I think, um, to help take a lot of pressure off the front seven. Uh, and I'm I'm fairly optimistic, fairly confident that they they are up to the task. Uh, you've got some some really good quality talent back there, uh, and some versatile talent as well, guys that can play in the slot. Um, you know, Peter Monoba, Mickey Pay two dudes that, uh, and even really when you break down beyond that, two dudes who who can play in coverage, but uh, also very willing to uh, to come and hit and uh, play in some run support. Uh, so I, I like, I really like what they've got back there as well. All right, uh, let's shift it over to the offensive side of the football. Or, sorry, Hunter, I, not to speed on you, but uh, do you have any other thoughts on the defense? All right, let's, let's, let's shift it over to the offensive side of the football. Let's start up front. All right, this is going to be um critical they've, they've got to replace a couple of bookends um you know they've, they've got some experience on the inside um but uh it's a different offense uh in terms of the run and shoot you're asking the offensive linemen to do some different things than they have been uh so let's break it down uh here we'll go from left to right uh the left tackle the starter listed is josh atkins 64290 the houston transfer again familiar theme right left guard is sergio muasal uh 610 uh, six foot three ten. Uh, the center is listed as Iliki Tanuvasa, who's got a, a ton of experience at guard and center. Uh, Molta Ala is the right guard, and Kaena DeCambra, the St. Louis product out of Wyanai, is listed as the right tackle. Uh, the number two guys, uh, we'll go through that quickly at left tackle: Luke Felix Fulu, uh, Luke's, Luke Felix Fualau, uh, six eight three ten, uh, out of Australia. Left tack, left guard is Arasi Mose. Uh, the center, the backup center is listed as Solo Vaipulu, uh, who I'm sure we'll talk about at length here. Uh, the right, let backup right guard is listed as Zen Sotelo, a young man from the west side of Oahu. 
uh, and the right to the backup right tackle is listed as Micah Maritarangi out of Kahuku. Um, so your your initial thoughts here, Hunter, uh, on this offensive line, Muasal Tanuvasa Taala, pretty pretty solid interior three, and then you got you got some new guys on the edges, right? Uh, Josh Atkins, kind of DeCambra, who's kind of waited his turn. Uh, officially a sophomore on the roster has been here for for a little while now. Um, gonna get his gonna get his shot at it. So uh, what do you what do you think of uh, the offensive line here? Yeah, um, you know, in opposition to our D line, uh, you could make the argument that at least on paper these guys are heavy enough. Um, all five, with exception to Josh Atkins, he's ten pounds shy. All five of those guys are three hundred pounds. So even though on paper we might not be that SEC 6'5", 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", lineup, um, we're solid enough to where we're going to be able to stop some guys. We're, we're going to be able to hold our own and kind of dig our feet in the trenches and uh, and be okay here. Um, uh, a few of these guys, you know, Josh Adkins, uh, we're going to need a – you know, a big season from him, uh, protecting Shager's blind side. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what, what that looks like. Um, you know, outside of that, we've got a decently, um, experienced offensive line with, um, returning Sergio Muasal, the brother, obviously of Darius Muasal, um, Iliki Tanavasa, who by far is our, our leader, um, our core, our center, of that uh, offensive line unit. And then uh, Mota Ala, he's a junior as well. So um, it's not like we've got a whole bunch of brand new guys um, on our offensive line, which is always something that um, I look for. I think the offensive line as a position group needs experience on there, uh, at least from a couple of your um, your key guys to um, not be overwhelmed by situations, not be overwhelmed by different looks that they're seeing and they set the tone for the entire game, Jordan. So um, looking for a big season from those guys. And then from, from a specific guy standpoint, I'm most excited about kind of to Canberra from, uh, from St. Louis. I think, um, yeah, he had a great camp. Um, one of our bigger guys on the offensive line. And uh, hey, what, what, what don't you like about uh, a local boy from St. Louis rounding out our offensive line? So uh, looking forward to, a great year from this crew. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see early on, you know, how in sync they are as well. We talked a little bit about the skill guys. Um, it's a decent size on the outside, 6'3", 300. Josh Atkins, 6'4". Uh, you mentioned the the only offensive lineman there listed as a starter that's that's under 300 pounds. Uh, didn't really play at, at Houston. Uh, he comes over, right? And then, and then his backup as well, Luke Felix Fualalo the um the young man um that went to modern day and then transferred from utah right he was at utah for a little while uh and came to university of hawaii last year so he got some size out there six eight three ten uh the guy who's originally from australia so yeah it's it's gonna be interesting and then we'll we'll, we'll save the soul of Vaipulu discussion here uh when we get to uh some of the others the other offensive um talk uh let's talk about the pass catchers uh tight end grayson morgan right uh, the 6'2", 230-pounder, second year at the University of Hawaii, junior college guy. Limited action last year. Obviously, Caleb Phillips was terrific, uh, but Morgan has been kind of the guy that emerged a, a little while ago now uh, as that primary tight end in the slot. They'll use him in multiple ways. Um, he's listed as the starter. Uh, Defon Tawaefa, the 6'4", 205-pounder, um, he is listed as the backup there, right? He, wide receiver kind of converted, uh, big, big target, much more of a, uh, of a receiving type guy. Morgan, I think is much more of a hybrid uh, in that sense. And then we, we'll get into the receivers here. We figured a lot of guys were going to see some action here early on in the season in particular. Uh, it is very much an open competition, uh, but the three starters listed, uh, Pofele Ashlock, which maybe if you go through this entire too deep was perhaps the biggest i don't know if surprise is the right word but the name i think that would jump out to most people is like oh ashlock okay um he's done well uh throughout the offseason six 275 pound freshman uh out of texas uh the other two starters jonah pinocchio no surprise there and then stephen mcbride the kansas transfer i think no surprise there 
Uh, getting into the backups, they go three deep at every receiver spot. Uh, again, to nobody's surprise. Uh, behind Ashlock, they list Kuala Nishigaya and Nick Senecal. Um, And then behind Jonah Pinocchio, they list Chuck, uh, Chucky Hines and Carson Pupunu, um, the Lahaina native. And then uh, behind Stephen McBride, they list Alex Perry, the freshman, and Jalen Walthall. Right, A lot of familiar names there, Walthall, Hines, Pupunu, Nishigaya, Senecal, um, guys that have come through this uh, program already. Uh, so your thoughts here, Hunter, uh, you know, we've talked about in, in years past, the run and shoot, it's usually like a core of guys. It's not a deep receiving core with a ton of guys get a lot of reps. Um, and so it is going to be, I think, imperative for each of these guys when they get on the field to, to show out uh, because there's going to be a lot of competition for playing time uh, in a run and shoot offense that perhaps, you know, usually it's four receivers out there, but uh, perhaps it's three receivers and a tight end. So even fewer spots for these guys to go ahead and compete for. That's right. Um, I, I think it's funny that they only have uh, three positions for wide receiver out there because very uh, often with the run and shoot, you're going to see at least four of those receivers out there. Um, one of those receivers will probably take the place of um, the Y or the tight end. Um, and so any number of these nine guys that we just mentioned, I think we're going to need to be familiar with all of their numbers and all of their names, because uh, just like you said, I think more will be um, leaned on from the depth of this core than any other position group on the entire team. I think we're going to plug and play and mix and match guys um, certainly on a drive-to-drive -drive basis, maybe even a play-to-play -play basis, depending on what we're seeing. And, you know, we, uh, without letting too much of the cat out of the bag, we, uh, you know, we, we practiced a lot of no huddle during fall. And um, if you're incorporating that and getting the ball down the field, you're going to want fresh legs in there to uh, continue to give yourself the best chance. Um, I, I love how um, kind of, I almost wanted to say evenly matched, but it, it just seems like um, strength is well spread out in this in this core of receivers where any number of these guys can win one on one matchups. Um, any number of these guys um, can occupy a safety over the middle of the field and create space for one of these other nine right behind them. So uh that, that's that's the beauty of the run and shoot that it's it's not just based on your main wide receiver on the outside uh, to flash back to 2019 we had four different wide receivers hit a thousand yards for the season so um in its nature it's designed to do that it's designed to hold a position group like this and uh you know I could get into any number of these guys specifically Jordan they've all had great fall camps and uh, all kind of bring something different to the table. Um, I'm excited for this crew, probably the most of any crew um, position group on the entire on the entire team, Jordan. Yeah, it, it's a good note because, you know, typically in the run and shoot, it, it's not a no huddle offense. I think that's that's one of the misnomers of of the the offense over the years where it put up so many points. People think they, they love tempo. They like to go fast. No huddle. It's like it was really not the case. It's actually kind of a methodical, uh, slow-paced offense in a lot of ways because you're right. you're deciphering um, with the time allotted and uh, making sure everybody's uh, making the proper reads out there. Uh, all of these receivers, including the tight ends, outside of Kuali Nishigaya, love Kuali, uh, big fan. Uh, everybody's six one or taller. Like it's a it's a pretty big receiving core. Um, for uh, the quarterbacks to throw the ball to, and we'll get to that here in just a second. Um, but I'm with you. I think they they will utilize all of these guys. Like we'll we'll see a lot of them, uh, especially early on. Maybe maybe somebody will emerge, and it's like, look, that guy can't come off the field. Um, you know, he's he's Devon Best, or or uh, you know, he's he's some of these other guys, uh, Greg Salas, or, or whoever, right? Whatever it is, like they they they've got to be on the field. We'll see if somebody kind of runs in. And takes that. All right. Uh, getting into the running backs, Tylen Hines, no surprise, listed as the starter, 5'7", 175 pounds. We saw what he did last year. I'm pumped. I'm excited to see him. The backup is listed as Landon Sims, 5'11", 
the converted tight end. We've talked about some of the injuries to that position, um, including Najee Bryant Lillet. Hopefully we'll get him back in a few weeks. Um, but the other big topic of conversation, and you kind of slipped this in there, Hunter, um, and understandably so. We didn't, we didn't want the uh, the uh, the listeners from elsewhere to uh, to get too privy to the information. Um, but like everybody's reporting it now, it seems like. And uh, apparently, not only is uh, Solovai Pulu the backup center uh, listed as number fifty-two on the roster, apparently he's also got a jersey number zero. Um, where they may he's deploy got a slash him. On his, the depth chart. He's got a yeah, slash. He's, he's going two. slash here. Apparently, they might deploy him indeed as somebody in the backfield, whether that's like an H back, whether that's a running back, whether that's just a sixth offensive lineman pass protecting on third and 15. Um, uh, this is a guy who started 14 games or whatever it was as a true freshman in 2018. Like, that's how long he's been here, by the way. Um, you know, he is one of the Rolo holdovers that's now on his third coaching staff but he 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 got a lot of experience early on he's gone through some injury the COVID years and all that kind of stuff redshirted last year um and thus gets another year here uh and so he's a guy right he's listed 62280 has always been very athletic has played guard has played center um and now apparently will be asked to do some things potentially with the ball in his hands but but some things definitely off the line of scrimmage uh, in the backfield. So it's, it's Hines at 5'7", 175, and potentially even Solo Vipulu at 6'2", 280. Uh, this would be very run and shoot. This would be very um, June and Rolo, right? Um, whether it was Reagan Mawia or, you know, um, some of these Nady other Lau. guys. That, you know, Nady Lau, right? Nate was in the converted lineman. Uh, but he's big boy back there. Uh, Wesley Keepy, Dayton Furuta, like bigger backs. Um, that that can pass protect, that have nimble feet, that understand protection, that understand, um, you know the intricacies of that, but also can can maybe hurt you with with their legs. So, yeah, that we we could see the we could see the range. I don't know if they'll deploy him that way on Saturday. Who knows? Um, but that is a wrinkle to kind of keep your eye on when it comes to the running back position. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love how you said that. This has been incorporated throughout the history of the run and shoot. Um, when you need your mainstay running back to kind of rest his his legs, you still need pass protection help out there. And so um, I think that's something uh, Solo has a little bit of experience in, Jordan, is pass protection. So um, bringing him back into the backfield with a, maybe a different pullover jersey um, on top of that, I'm curious what that's going to kind of look like from just a, a practical standpoint. But uh, I'm excited. At different points throughout fall camp, saw him run out there and catch passes, um, get ball um, balls in the flat, uh, put his foot in the ground and uh, – uh, put Logan Taylor on his butt uh, with a solid juke move that almost ended practice about a week ago. It was incredible. Um, yeah, really excited for what all sorts of uh, packages he could be incorporated in, uh, e even power eye. Um, when you think about uh, goal line and third and short, uh, having a big boy back there that loves to hit people uh, bodes well for your, uh, your running game. Um, speaking of big boys back there, uh, Landon Sims, uh, had a great fall camp. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. Obviously, he's uh, um, somewhat of a legacy around here, but uh, we didn't really think much of him coming into fall camp. We were really looking at Tylen Hines and um, Najee Bryant Lillet, um as our kind of two mainstay running backs heading into the season. And then um, Najee going down uh, with uh, a lower leg injury. We've really looked for who that other guy was going to be um, and uh, obviously brings a different skill set to Tylen Hines kind of Darren Sproles-esque style of play that he has so um interested to see what this um, position group is going to bring and similar to um, Solo Vaipulu occupying more than just uh, what the paper shows right here I think it's important to add that we're also going to see number two, Tylen Hines, uh, out in the slot catching passes. And uh, if my math is correct, Jordan, that's 10 guys just on the written 
uh, too deep right now that could go out and catch passes. So this is a, um, man, what, what's the word? It is multifaceted um, in the truest sense of the word. It is incredibly dynamic. Um, it, it's not so much the, the, the tools that we have, but also um, Timmy and uh, Coach Shoemaker's um, sparsing and kind of uh, spicing an offense together and uh, how to use each of these positions in the right place at the right time and uh, put a game plan together. And so we, we have a lot of different tools to play with here. That we do. That we do in a lot of different tools for the quarterbacks to go ahead and utilize. Uh, Braden Shager, no surprise, listed as the starter at quarterback. Uh, listed 6'3", 225, real solid frame. Uh, he has been the the known QB1 for a while now. Uh, I think the interesting thing here has been, uh, you know, who was going to be number two, right? Joey Yellen, uh, who got a lot of run last year. Uh, it's Jake Farrell. Jake Farrell's listed as the number two guy. Uh, six foot five, two twenty five. Um, obviously, you know a lot of uh, names that that created some buzz. Whether it was John Kiavi Sangapolatele, the um, freshman out of Punahou, Dalen Morris, the transfer out of Navy, uh, good runner. How do they deploy him, if at all? Uh, the graduate transfer there. Uh, but again, no surprise. It's Shager and uh, listed as the number two guy. It's Jake Farrell here. As we uh, conclude the uh, the offensive discussion, any thoughts there? Uh, as uh, you know, this is obviously Shaker's job, uh, and and if healthy, will be will be the guy. And obviously, we we hope for that. Uh, but yeah. Farrell, perhaps the next guy up. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned a few of those guys. I'm pretty sure they're traveling with four uh, to game one against Vandy, uh, including. Um, uh, Dalen Morris, as well as uh, Joey Yellen. Uh, th those are going to be the four. They're bringing Morris out there because uh, he's probably our best dual threat runner option if we did want to incorporate that. Again, I think Timmy is looking for anything and everything to help us win. So um, that's going to be interesting to see if we uh, we don't see, um, see him out there. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, without question, Brandon Shager's make it or break it year. I think uh, with the full transition over to the run and shoot, um, there's always a lot of attention on the quarterback. But if you're going to QB a run and shoot offense at University of Hawaii, I hope you like the spotlight because we will be watching and watching very intently. So, um, yeah, a, a lot will be asked of him, um, but uh, he is certainly capable. Um Gotten to know the young man, uh, Jake Farrell as well. Gotten a chance to play golf with those guys on a few different occasions and love those guys. Uh, really, really great um, character guys. Um, they're, they're great leaders. I, I'm excited for what they're going to do um, this season. And um, yeah, I think uh, Braden just needs to uh, kind of get his, his feet wet in this offense. Um, in a game-like environment, you can only practice so much before you find out uh, truly what you're made of. And uh, I think Jake Farrell is one of those system guys that is um, trusted by that coaching staff to go out there, not turn the ball over, maybe not uh, with quite as much um, high power, big play capability as a guy like Braden Shager. But uh, he certainly, in my observation, would be a guy to take care of the football if his number were called. So um, I think we're in good shape with either one of those guys at the helm. Yeah, dudes who uh, have a chance to put up some big numbers this season in this offense, uh, and we'll get our first look at them on Saturday. All right, uh, wrap up the first half real quickly with a quick discussion of the specialist. Matt Shipley is listed as the number one place kicker. Uh, kickoff guy is Ben Falk. Uh, the punter is listed as either Ben Falk or Matt Shipley. Uh, both guys, obviously, with a lot of experience there. The backup place kicker and uh, kickoff guy is Kai Kluth, the uh, the freshman out of San Diego, 6'4", 155 pounds. The long snapper is Solomon Landrum. Uh, the holder is Ben Falk. The kick returners are Cam Stone and Chucky Hines. Tylen Hines also listed in there. And then the punt returner can either be Cam Stone or Tylen Hines. Um, look, if... If they can get touches and returnable 
looks for uh, Cam Stone, Tylen Hines. I, I like that a lot. Uh, Matt Shipley has been super reliable and consistent. Um, you know, whether he's also handling the punting duties or if it's going to be Ben Folk, right? It's 6'6". Six, six. Uh, it's a big kicking group, right? With Ben Falk, Kai Klutz, 6'4", uh, the freshman. Not a big guy, 155 pounds. Then, you know, Matt Shipley's a small guy in the group at 6'1", 190. I just kind of yeah. like that about it. Um, all bigger than, like, uh, Solomon Landrum, uh, who's, who's going to be in there and doing a good job uh, as the long snapper. So uh, any quick thoughts on, on the specialist here, Hunter? Uh, yeah, this is going to be kind of uh, Ben Falk's coming out season, coming out party in a little bit. Uh, kicks a phenomenal uh, high spiral. I'm excited to kind of see what, what he can bring to the table here. I think we all know and expect what we're going to see from Matt Shipley. Uh, great place kicker for us. Um, and then uh, in the kick return, punt return section, I'm uh, excited to see what Cam Stone can do. Um, yeah. I just uh, really hope and pray that himself and Tylen Hines uh, stay healthy because we uh, certainly need them in their uh, their starter positions. So um excited that um, uh, they're using them in a different capacity, but need them on their uh, th- their main role uh, first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, they've a chance to perhaps be a game changer in the return game there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick halftime break and then we'll get into. Um, a little Vanderbilt discussion on the other side. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. Second half time here on episode 104. Jordan Hunter back with you. All right, let's take a look at Vandy. Uh, this is the second ever meeting with the Commodores. We all remember last year, right? 63 to 10, uh, losing at home at Chang. It was only 21 to 10 at halftime. Vanderbilt ended up finishing last season. Five and seven, two and six in the SEC. Crazy enough that that was five and seven as that's the worst any uh, SEC program uh, finished last year. Pretty amazing um, that they that every single program in that conference got at least five wins last year. All right, uh, the season over in Nashville slated for a one thirty p.m. kickoff time. Of course, you can listen to it right here on the ESPN Honolulu platforms. Uh, streaming online and the sideline Hawaii app as well. Uh, our buddies John and Mark Benary will be on the call and everything getting you set for kickoff. You got countdown to kickoff at 11.30 a.m. starting on Saturday with our guys Josh Pacheco and Arnold Martinez getting you all prepped for kickoff there. Television-wise, it's on the SEC network. Uh, Vanderbilt is a 17.5-point favorite uh, at last check, which was a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, the total remains at 55 and a half. Uh, and so for Vanderbilt, uh, this will be their third year under alum Clark Lee. He's done a pretty good job, I think, getting this team pretty competitive. Um, you know, they, they took a little bit of a hit during COVID. I had a rough go of it. Um, but he, he's got them playing pretty competitive football. Um, you know, just the two wins in the SEC last year. They had a couple of other close games. Got blown out by the usual suspects, Georgia, um, Ole Miss, and Alabama there. Um, looking at some of their personnel real quick, uh, you'll remember quarterback Mike Wright from last year threw for two touchdowns. He also ran for 163 yards and two more touchdowns. Uh, still nightmares of that guy. He started the first three games and basically the last three games last year. True freshman A.J. Swan started the middle portion of the season. Well, Mike White's at Mississippi State now, so we don't have to worry about him. Uh, it looks like the sophomore A.J. Swan. Uh, is the projected starter. He, he started those middle games and then got hurt last season. That's why Mike Wright came in. Uh, and honestly, they played maybe their best football at the end of the season when Wright was back in there as the starter. Uh, they also lost 1,000-yard rusher Ray Davis. Uh, Wright was the number two rusher on the team as well, so they lose their top two producers uh, in terms of yards on the ground. Um it's a, it's a bit of an inexperienced backfield. Patrick Smith, Chase Gillespie, and Cedric Alexander uh, projected to be kind of the top backs there. Uh, but their best returning weapons are on the outside. They've got uh, Jaden McGowan and Will Shepard uh, at receiver. Uh, McGowan led them in receiving yards returning. And then Will Shepard, uh, who caught nine touchdown passes last year, which was uh, near the top of the SEC. Had a really good season. Last year, uh, you remember Anthony Anferny Orgy, uh, I think scored a touchdown last year. Did he? Did he, have, he was all over the place. Dude's with the Saints now, his third team SEC linebacker. Uh, but their pass defense overall wasn't very good. They were like in the bottom, um, 
10% or something like that. They're around 125 in the nation last year in pass defense, which, you know, might bode well for us. Uh, who knows? They may be improved on that side of the football as well. Um, all right. What are your thoughts here, Hunter? Uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about the pedigree, the profile of a Vanderbilt. Um, experienced quarterback, but not the guy they saw last year. Not a lot of experience in the backfield next to him in terms of running backs. They got a couple of good weapons out there, but as we we talked about, maybe going into the strength of the Hawaii defense. Uh, and then defensively for Vandy, a mix. They, they've got about half of their starters back on that side of the football as well, but but they'd lose their, you know, their all-SEC guy, Anthony Orji, who had, had a million tackles last year. I forget exactly what his number was. He was over 100. So, yeah, Jordan, uh, th this is going to be – a true test for us. Um, first and foremost, it's going to be a test in the trenches. Uh, that was one thing that uh, you could not ignore last season whenever we saw these guys. And I'm looking at the depth chart. A lot of them um, are returning. Uh, whenever I look at that offensive line, mm -hmm. um, they have that classic SEC size right there. I mean, Right off the bat, six five, six seven, six five, six four, six four. I mean, six four is the smallest that you're gonna see um in the entire depth of their offensive line unit. And so our D line is gonna have their hands full um getting through those guys. Now, one benefit of uh kind of what we were talking about is um somewhat of that inexperience. Uh if uh AJ Swan is going to be their starter, um we're uh I'm not expecting him to have near the game of what we saw last season from their starter on the ground and in the air, um, pretty much scoring at will against us. I, I, I don't project that actually happening. And uh, uh, the, the other interesting thing, you know, Patrick Smith, their running back, who uh, is nicknamed Cheeks, by the way. Um, I'm that's not right. Sure, not sure what kind of Cheeks they're referring to right there, but uh, that's what it what it tells us on this too deep, uh, which is hilarious. Um, curious to see what he's gonna um bring to the table in their running attack. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna see him number four mixing with our number 16, Logan Taylor, on uh, many a plays this Saturday. Um, and then uh, some of the that re receiver crew that on paper is not all that much better than some of our guys, which is encouraging to see from just a um position group to position group standpoint. Um, it, it's tough to really say what we're going to see um, from a um, a scouting report standpoint because they ran the ball all over us, but uh, they don't have near the dual threat capability at quarterback that they did last year, um, which really kind of um, adjusts and kind of um, shifts the way that uh, an opposing offense can attack you. Um, so when you don't have that, uh, any number of things can uh, um, can be thrown at you. So I think uh, Coach Yoro and uh, our defensive staff is going to be making adjustments, making adjustments on the fly and um, kind of seeing what we're going to have. Making a shift over to their defense. Again, it's I think it's kind of the name of the game in the SEC, Jordan. It's uh, you win in the trenches. And when you look at their um their nose tackle, their D tackle, their D ends, their smallest guy is 6'2", 290. So in a sense, their smallest guy is kind of our biggest guy. Um, they are huge. They're huge on the, the D line. So um, name of the game for us as an offense against those guys. I think um, one really good thing to look for as Hawaii fans is how quickly we can get the ball out of our hands, how quickly we can get to – um, maybe a receiver on the outside, uh, getting those hitches, taking those hitches as quick as we can. Um, it's going to be a tall task for Shager to get to potentially his third read or certainly his fourth read in the run and shoot. Um, so I'm looking at that. I'm looking at uh, where can we find space and give our big boys up front um, a break in what will probably be um, a tall task for them uh, at a day in the office against some of these big guys at the SEC. But uh, anything can happen, Jordan. Um, just like always, I'm I'm always curious what the um, the turnover ratio is going to look like. That's always one of the 
the first signs that I, I look for in a Hawaii win, we usually win the turnover ratio. And so um, that can be affected on both sides of the football here. And um, a true tell on how disciplined our team is as a whole is usually usually reflect, um, excuse me, reflected by that number. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it's a as you put it, uh, it's going to be a, a really physical, athletic opponent, and uh, a great way to get the season started. Um, the first time Hawaii will play a road game at an SEC school since the 2008 season opener, right when they lost at Florida um, the year after the Sugar Bowl run. Hawaii all time 0-4 on the road against the um, the SEC, so this will be the fifth trip into SEC territory. Um, three ten and one all time against current SEC opponents. Um, Hawaii's lost two straight season openers after winning four straight. Right, you remember that going back to 2018. It um, had a lot of success early in the season, even that COVID year where they went up uh, and surprised Fresno <laughs> uh, in 2020. Um, they've also lost six straight road games, so you know some trends going in the wrong direction. I don't know if that changes here against Vanderbilt. I I'm not necessarily predicting a Hawaii win. Um, you know, I, I think they can be competitive, especially at that 17 and a half number. Um, if they if they just put up, you know, a decent defensive performance, I think they'll they'll be able to to be within striking distance uh, for me there. Um, but uh, did want to also mention and give a, a shout out to the Vanderbilt Athletic Department um, portions of uh, proceeds from each ticket sold. Uh, to the game uh, this Saturday between Vanderbilt and Hawaii will be donated to the Hawaii Community Foundation's Maui Strong Fund. Uh, so that's pretty cool stuff uh, from the Commodore Athletic Department there. Uh, any final thoughts, Hunter, on uh, on this matchup between Hawaii and Vanderbilt? Uh, not necessarily asking for a, a prediction or a score or anything like that, but uh, what's your sense on kind of how this game will play out uh, before we wrap things up and uh, get into the closing? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you think of expectations for uh, this front um, or, or for this team, excuse me, I I really like that idea of one score a quarter. If we can kind of shrink our um, our our heading as a team to win every quarter. And maybe a win for us is just one touchdown a quarter. I, I want to kind of curb our enthusiasm, if you will. On I, I don't know just yet if we're at the point with the run and shoot where we can expect a 45, 50 plus points every single game uh, production. And so I, I would love just one click up. And I feel like that would be accomplished with one score a quarter. I think that's, um, that's certainly doable from this team. I've, I've loved watching them kind of build throughout fall camp. And um, this is going to be our first real test against a, a real opponent. And so, um, Hey, at the end of the day, the day we got football back and uh, to your point on, um, on Vandy donating a portion of, uh, you know, each ticket sale, that's um that's a touch of class right there. And uh, Vanderbilt is uh, certainly a classy institution, a classy university, um, very high achieving academic school and uh, you know their, their fan base was uh, incredibly kind with, with the, the different folks that I had the opportunity of uh, conversing with last season um, sure we're, we're not big fans of them because we're playing them but uh, I do want that said that not every school or not every team um, would do that or would consider doing that so I do want to uh, spread our aloha for uh, the Vanity Faithful that um, might happen to be listening or watching to Hawaii football now, we uh, we certainly uh, appreciate you guys, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, big thanks to uh, to Vanderbilt. That's that's really cool stuff, um, you know, and doing what they can to help out um, with uh, the relief efforts uh, here on Maui. Uh, much much appreciated there. All right, uh, nice long episode for us. A uh, lot to talk about, man. It's it's never there's never a shortage once we get uh into game week uh quick little two minute drill before we head out of here um captains named Verdell edwards jonah kahavai welch logan taylor as well as tylen hines and iliki tanuvaso so congratulations to those guys that's a really high honor 
to be selected uh, from amongst their peers and the coaching staff uh, to help lead this team. Um, says a lot about those guys for sure. Uh, any final thoughts before we head out of here, Hunter? Man, game week. Um, tough to make too much of a, a prediction on what's going to happen, but uh, I would love to focus on just small incremental wins for each um, each position group. You know, if we can keep them under uh, 250 on the ground, I think that would be a, a great accomplishment compared to last season when I think about uh, the defense. Uh, offensively, um, I would love to say no turnovers. Uh, you never know what can happen, though. A tipped ball, tips and overthrows, Jordan. We got to get those. Uh, thank you, Coach uh, Martinez, for that. Um, I would love if we were um, situationally sound and just ready as a complete unit. We can definitely work on those sort of things. You know, um, no 12 men on the fields or not enough guys on the field. Everybody's situationally aware. Um, we can work on those sort of things to be prepared for later in the season. Um, that that's why you play these non-conference bigger games to get yourself kind of prepped and ready for the rest of the season. So I'm um, looking for those certain things. Obviously I would love a win. I would love if we could steal one over in Nashville, but uh, most immediately that's what I'm focused on right now, Jordan. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Anytime you can get out there, SEC territory, start of the season, no matter who you're playing. Uh, but some 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 really good chances for these guys to to make a name for themselves on national TV, uh, to debut the run and shoot, to kind of, you know, the, the little rebirth of the program, if you will, uh, in year two under Coach Chang. I can't wait. Uh, again, you can listen to all the action on ESPN. Honolulu kickoff is at 1.30. Um, with countdown to kickoff starting at 1130 uh, as well. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, we hope you guys are pumped. Uh, I know a lot of you are. Uh, and again, mahalos to everybody for dropping us a line in the comments and whatnot. Uh, we always appreciate your guys' input. A big thanks to Jonathan for uh, keeping us in line here uh, and getting up early to, uh, to help record this thing for us. Big thanks to Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union as well. We'll talk to you next week as we break down the uh, the opening week performance between Vanderbilt and the Bows. All right, we'll see you guys. Take care. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Helley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.